Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens and he's Dave Mulvaney and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Doing great, Matt. How about you? Life is good. We're well off to a pretty good summer here, right? Oh, it's summer here. It's been 90 to 98 <laughs> degrees every day this week. So it's summer. That's like a two or three month process down there. Is that kind of? From now until at least October. So. Oh, <laughs> okay. all right. All right. All right. So episode 79, mapping out a business strategy. Okay. Mapping out a business strategy. You've got a new business that you're starting up. And so I thought it'd be good to kind of show again, um, how we go through and think about the process of a business, whether it be a new business or an existing business. Um, so let's just kind of dive right in and we talk about uh, what is the new business? What is the product? So first, let me give a little backstory. So I didn't plan on starting a new business this year by any means. Um, I do get approached because I'm a marketing guy. I get approached to help people market and sell products all the time. Um, this year, I've been approached to market wine, um, dog food, um, all sorts of medical type, lots of different products. Many products have been approached, wasn't interested at all. Um, when COVID hit, I started reading some of the documents, started reading about dog food. And, um, and so you asked, what is the product? Uh, the product we're, we're getting ready to launch um, is uh, vegetable-based dog food. And why vegetable-based dog food? Well, I would have never thought it was, I always thought dogs needed meat. Well, that was the first misconception. Dogs are actually omnivores. It doesn't matter where they get their protein. Um, it's how well their body processes protein. So the more I studied, the more I found that, and I wasn't even interested in the product yet. The more I found that what they put in dog food is not dog food. You think you see a picture of a steak or a chicken or, or all this great looking meat on the, on the bag, but what's really in it is if you see chicken, it's the guts, intestines, brains, skins, feet, heads, all the crap, and they grind it up, and then they, uh, then they bake it. If it's beef, it, it, it's all the, it's the tail, the reproductive organ, organs, all this nasty stuff. All the leftovers. It, there's even something in slaughterhouses called 4D meat, dead, dying, diseased, or disabled meat, and it's allowed to go into pet food. And it's the most disgusting thing. And when I started learning all this, I'm like, oh, I can't feed this to my dogs anymore. So, <laughs> and, and so the more I looked at the health benefits and how well um, protein is transferred into energy when you use a vegetable, a well-made vegetable-based dog food, I was like, holy crap. And so then I, then I said, okay, how can I become a, how can I just not do the marketing for this company? Because right, they're, right. they're out of Argentina. How can I control the distribution? So there's, there's two things that I wanted. I wanted to be able to sell the product, but I also wanted to control the distribution in the United States. And I got both of those things contractually. So that was my foray into the dog food business. I didn't plan on being in this business at all, but um, I saw that and asked about it. All right, so hold on. This is really good. So, so the three things you need to have a really good business is to uh, attract. So you got to get customers. If you deliver, you got to deliver the, 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 the wow experience is what I like to call it. And you have to scale in service, right? Yep. And so we we're pre-talking saying, well, what's the product? And really your marketing message is what it was going to be my first question is, or you, your unique selling proposition, right? And so it's going to be that it's a vegetable-based protein, that it's healthier and probably more sanitary than a typical dog food. Well, realistically, it's a... Um we're actually going to show what typical 
dog food is and make peep the $5 billion, $33 billion a year industry is pet food, but the $5 billion a year that is the main dry dog food, 99% of it is crap and you never want to feed it to your dog. So our main premise behind what makes us unique is number one, we don't buy any Asian, um, there are no Asian products. Everything we buy is from Argentina. All, all of the ingredients are sourced in Argentina and it's all vegetable, it's all plant-based. So there are no ingredients from Southeast Asia. This is a big problem. Ingredients from Southeast Asia, that's that. Okay, so unique selling proposition, uh, Argentina versus Southeast Asia. All right. Now let's go back to the target market. Like one of the most interesting to me was your target market, right? So, so when we're going, the number one thing is to attract clients. And we talk about, when I talk about attracting, we talk about how do we, um, what's our target market? Um, how do we educate and uh, motivate? This is what we're talking about here. Educate, motivate. And then third, what's our irresistible offer? So there are three components underneath there. You're kind of hitting on some of them. But what I found interesting was your, your target market. Your target market, what, what you're telling me was we're going to go not only that there is a target market called the vegan people that get vegan dog food, but so, part of your pitch is going to be let's expand that market. All right. The packaging, they were promoting vegan based dog food. Right. There's, right now, there's like five competitors that are in the vegan market. Okay. Yep. Nothing wrong with vegan, but there's a connotation that that's a very small niche in any marketplace. The reality is who's our target market? It's the, it's the mom, dad, that perfect family that has, you know, one dog, uh, two children, and they treat their dog like a family member. The, the dog goes on vacations with them. The target market is, it, is, is the, what I would call the perfect family because there are 178 million pets in the United States. That is amazing. It's more than 50% of the people. But 178 million pets. And many of them are so pampered, it's crazy. Now, if I just go down in the vegan market, you actually take that market and you turn it into about 10 million pets. So we're taking a much wider approach to the marketplace. So that's, right. that's number one. Yeah. My so target market is a wider approach. Right. So your target market, or you could say you had two target markets. You could go after the vegan and how you compete versus other vegan uh, products out there. Right. Then you could go broader into you know, loving pet owners, right? And, and now you're talking about being a meat, a protein substitute, right? That's your target market. And then what you were hit on was really what I call the number two step, educate and motivate. You're going to educate and motivate these people how bad the, the, the other dog food is and how good your stuff is. Like It's almost self-motivating when you find out that it's all this yucky stuff that goes into your dog food and it's all this yucky stuff from Southeast Asia that goes in the dog. That's what I call educating and motivating that will be motivational in and of itself through educating them how yucky the dog food is because they're, they're the loving parents of the dog. Yeah. So um, knowing that the, the market as a whole is pretty oblivious. So there's, there's something in marketing called stages of awareness. Yeah. Well, most of the market is oblivious. Once they receive this information, they then have to make a choice. Yes. And so we're, we're putting the, um, of course, we're going to go to the market. I've, I've brought in two of the best marketing people that I could put my hands on, um, uh, Dr. Douglas Pugh and uh, Beth Schmeisel. Um, and I don't think I can say where Beth works, but she works for one of the biggest marketing agencies um, in the country. Um, and and they're I'm, helping you to educate and motivate and create the products. create ads. 
So again, if you're going to try to get to the marketplace, you've got to create ads and advertisements in such a way that does educate and motivate. So, um, and I always believe, you know, I'm a marketing guy, but, but naturally, what did I do? I went and got some really good marketing people because I look at things from the 10,000 foot view. Okay, I, I have a vision of where the company's going. Sure, I could do the marketing, but why not bring in some other people who might see things from a different angle than me? Because I might only see it from one way. I've got two Labradors, but you know, people have little dogs. I might not see things from that. This is the who, not how, right? So, so you have your own perspective and you're bringing in some other who experts to help you to target market and help you to educate and offer. Uh, now we get into, and I think y'all have already thought this through because I thought we talked about it before. Uh, what's going to be your irresistible offer? How are we going to hook them? How are we going to get them in the door? What's an irresistible offer after we educate and motivate? They'll be chomping down your, knocking down your door to buy your products. Well, I mean, certainly um, I, I'm not going to go full into the offer at this point because okay. um, the marketing team is in the middle of the offer. But um, the offer, of course, is, is going to be um, based around, the irresistible offer is going to be based around the uh, quality of the ingredients that um, a high protein diet um, we transfer um, protein to energy 38% more efficiently than the, the next leading uh, pet food. So you can feed your dog less, which means less vet visits, um, you know, a healthier lifestyle, all of those things, your dog will live longer and happier. So the, you know, the, really the offer is, is, is it's really uh, less food uh, for less money. The dog doesn't need as much food because it doesn't have to consume as much. Most dogs are obese because their body can't process all the garbage that's in the dog food. You don't need to feed a dog as much if it's getting its, its nutrients properly. So that's really uh, the unique offers that we provide uh, the, the, the nutrition your dog needs without overfeeding your, without having to overfeed your dog. Right, right. All right, so now this gets into part of your expertise that you have from your lighting business, delivering what I call the delivering the wow experience. So. There's, you're, you're talking about uh, delivering the wow experience by uh, what? So, um, all right. So this is something that a lot of people, when it comes to products, they don't think about. They're like, oh, well, I'll just, um, I'll get into, what do they call those? Uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, but where they sell somebody else's product and they don't have to worry about the logistics or any of that. Yeah, drop ship. Yeah, drop shipping is, it, and there's a lot of money to be made in logistics, meaning moving product. I've moved a lot of product around the world over the years. So I've yes, experienced this. So um, moving product is, it's like, you know, in real estate, you make money when you buy. Well, it's the same with when you buy in a foreign country and you bring that product to the United States, there's a lot of money can be made in that process. So um, the unique experience for us is to look at dogs and I'm glad we don't have a pet food. We have dog food right now, dog and puppy food. That's it. it. Our unique experience will be to get to know every one of our customers. And when I say the customers, not the mom, which is about 83% of the purchasers are moms, um, not the mom or the single woman buying the dog food, where our focus is going to be on the dog. What's the dog's name? What can we give the dog on a monthly basis as a chotsky? Well, what can we do? to make this mother love us because we love the dog. That's our, our experience we're gonna give that's gonna be unique. It's not just about food. We're gonna create an experience based around um, a client 
we're going to treat their dog the way they would treat their dog, which will. Now, this is awesome. Now you're jumping ahead of me here because this is this is exactly the service and the scale stuff. Part of the delivery stuff I liked uh, that we were going to get into was you're kind of outsourcing that in a way because you didn't want to have to take that on to, to build manufacturing and delivery facilities. So you're going to have somebody else do that. So right now we're looking at um, we looked at we're looking at three different f fulfillment centers right now. Amazon being one of them, and yep. I'll tell you why I don't like Amazon as fulfillment. Um, for anybody considering this, if you've got a product and you're trying to bring it to market, Amazon doesn't allow you to own your own customers. So you'd have to have a double funnel. In other words, where they go, they come into your website and you make the sale and then you'd have to collect their information before you send them off to Amazon. If Amazon catches you doing that, they'll shut your, your store <laughs> down. All right, so, so you don't necessarily want Amazon to fulfill it. Why? Because a long-term business, you want those customers, their email addresses, their names, their customer information, yeah. yours, yeah. not Amazon. So right. that's a big issue to me. And so uh, fulfillment's not cheap. You're talking 25 to 30% is going to cost you for, to have somebody else fulfill. But why have someone else fulfill it? This is the real question. I'm a marketing guy. I've had the, the manufacturing, I've had the warehousing and all of that. And it, in, it, it requires you to have employees, buildings, insurances that you might not have expected, all of these things. Whereas instead I can move product from South America into warehouses in the United States and have somebody else fulfill those orders, get it to my customers, and we have it all integrated through, of course, through the internet. And so when orders are placed, we just manage the back end. We manage the, the purchasing, um, make sure that all of our fulfillment centers are full, make sure they've got the chop keys, make sure we know everything about our customer. So our, our business becomes 100% focused on marketing instead of focused on uh, what's in the warehouse. I mean, those types of things. This is perfect. All right. So, so we would call that and Dan Sullivan calls that who, not how. So you want to be in the marketing business. You just happen to be marketing dog food and the client service business and the scaling business. You don't want to be in the logistics and distribution, we're, we're going to hire an expert, a fulfillment center to do that, Yeah, which I think is sheer genius. All right. So you're, you're jumping ahead to the third aspect was called about service and uh, scaling it. And you mentioned some of the distinction. This is what I loved, which you're going to get to know. Tell me about that again. This is where I say the, the servicing your existing clients, you're going to get to know those pets and do the Chotsky stuff. So tell me the outline that kind so of stuff. That's the, awesome. uh, the scaling is, is the big thing. So um, we've, we have a calculated cost per acquisition. Um, we, we know roughly what it's going to cost to acquire a new customer. Right. Uh, our estimate at this point is around $25 to acquire the customer, but we break even when we acquire the customer. So it really costs us zero to acquire a customer. But, okay. um, but you got overhead costs. So you got this about six month window for the first six months, probably not going to make really any money on those customer acquisitions. Actually going to cost you about $25. But, but how do you keep long-term clients? A lot of people are going to come into our funnel and they're not going to buy the first time around, but we're going to capture their information. We're going to retarget them. We're going to use a lot of different things. But once we acquire them as a customer, our goal is, is all of our projections are based on 40% customer retention. Um, but our goal is 60% customer retention. And the way we're going to do that, like I said, is we're going to get to know our customer and our customer is going to be an animal. It's not going to be a person. And uh, the person buying loves that animal as a family member. To them, it's a person. And so when you understand your client, and our client is a dog, and, right. not be, and, and the person 
behind the brain of that dog is somebody who loves that animal. When you understand that, it's easier to service the client because you, you're going to tailor to that. That means we're going to provide things like um, one, of the, one of the things that's going to come out early is we're going to have bandanas that are going to have, um, you know, our logo, of course, and it's going to say we don't feed our dog intestines and, and different things like <laughs> that um, because we want people to know that that's what we're, we're throwing we rocks at our enemy. That's part of yeah. our marketing is we're going to throw rocks at our enemies. And, but the scalability side, Matt, I think is when you're dealing in dog food is, is that it's dry dog food is 5 billion a year. It grows at 3.6% every single year. And the biggest problem in the market is that a couple of companies own everyone. Like Rachel Ray has a, or had, um, had a uh, product um, and it's called, uh, what is her product called? Uh, um, I'm sorry, I had it here. I mean, she just got bought out, which is like, oh, Ainsworth is uh, her nutrition brand. Well, right. um, Ainsworth, JM Smucker Company, Smucker, Jelly, think Jelly, think commodities. Anybody you can imagine in commodities, General Mills. General Mills just bought Blue Buffalo for $8 billion. And Blue Buffalo was topping out around 700 million in sales. Rachel Ray was topping it out around $737 million in sales, and they got bought off for $1.7 billion. There's big money in repeat dog food. Now, all of those pr products that just got bought out, those are all, I'm going to be cautious, they're ingredients from Southeast Asia, many of them, but they have those meat byproducts in them that are killing our dogs. So, but the scalability is there's so much market share to be able to grab and uh, to have a quality product where we focus on the customer. Who's our customer again? It's the dog owner who loves that dog. We're going to treat those dogs well. We provide, um, I guess, almost like an experience for, on a monthly basis. When they, when they receive auto ship, they're going to get all of these other things every month. I call this orchestrating referrals, right? So to me, what you're talking about is, so you're talking about servicing the existing client by monthly contact. We got renewals, but we got little newsletters probably. We got a little Chotsky that comes, but the Chotsky is also a little show you I love you, I care. It's also a marketing point for you. It's also every time they take the dog for a walk, walk and advertising for you. It's also orchestrating referrals because that's more top of mind for them, the client, when they, oh, what's that bandana your dog has on? Oh, it's this new awesome dog food that my dog, he's loving it, right? You should get it, right? So it's, it's almost like you're sneaky orchestrating the referral because of all the Chotskys of you're being so nice to the dog, but then you're giving the dog something that he wears when the dog goes out. And they'll be like, oh, what, what is the bandana? What is the sweater? What is the X, Y, Z? And you'd be like, oh, it's from the new, these guys are so awesome. The new dog food people treat me awesome. And the dog food's awesome. Like to me, you're doing everything at once. You're, you're scaling the business, you're orchestrating referrals, you're servicing the existing clients to keep buying from you. Like it's all the same message, multi-purpose. I think it's all- awesome. There is a back-end reason I could get ahead of it. But I mean, you know, when you start a business, I mean, we're talking about starting a business. Literally in the past couple of weeks, I signed an agreement two weeks ago. So we're talking about a startup. Before I even sign the agreement, I'm talking about the exit. That's the next step. Yes. How to get off the train before you get on it. You got to yeah. figure out what the business looks like when it's done. Part of it is I didn't want to be in the, in, in the packing boxes and warehousing stuff. That's part of it. 
Um, it doesn't mean that we won't be. That's another side of it. It doesn't mean we won't be. It just means I, I prefer not to be. But if we are, then it's not going to, I've decided I won't do it in my building. I'll, I'll hire people elsewhere so that I don't feel like I have to manage them. So, I mean, it doesn't mean we won't yeah. be. But. This would be like, so, so, so this is what I want to get into is uh, the exit strategy. We always talk about building a business to sell it, even if you don't on plan on selling it. So the exit strategy, here you are starting a new business and you're already thinking about the exit strategy. You're already building it to sell it. Whether you do or not, three to five years from now, that's fine, but you're building it as if we could sell it. And how do I mean that? All your thoughts go into that. I don't want to be in the manufacturing business. I don't want to be in the fulfillment business. I'm going to hire experts. I want to be in the marketing of the marketing business. And it just happens to be dog food. I want to be in the wow experience business happens to be in wowing the dogs and the pet owners. Um, that, that, that your model is your expertise, your, your Dan Sullivan unique abilities. I call it your A plus activities are marketing and wow experience and orchestrating the referrals, right? And we'll have somebody else do the fulfillment. We'll have somebody else create the product. This wasn't even something that you cooked in your own kitchen, right? You know, I've seen those kind of- I don't have to cook dog food, whatever that right. is. You know right. what I mean? This is the beautiful. What we always talk about is build a business to sell. Whether you want to sell it or not, build it to sell. And here you are starting a new business and you're already thinking about that. We're eating our own cooking here. You're already thinking, building it to sell it, whether you sell it or not, even from day one, that's what you're already, your thought is, well, which it, I think is awesome. It's the ideal business. Number one, it's got monthly revenue. Look, the, a dog's going to eat every month. It's going to eat each and every month. And if you get your dog hooked on your dog food, it's going to be eating your dog food the rest of its life and probably every dog that those people own the rest of that dog's life. So number one, you've got repeat revenue. You talk about whether it's oil revenue, whether it's gasoline, I don't care whether it's cereal, it, it gets eaten every month. Cereal, yep. you don't necessarily need. Uh, but toilet paper, look at COVID, right? Things toilet paper, razor blades, right? We'll give you the razor, buy the razor blades, right? So you got repeat revenue business. That's, that's awesome, right? Your other part of the ideal, go on. So you said uh, repeat. So, so you've got the repeat business. So that, that's one side of it. Monthly revenue. You've got profitability. I, I already focused, and I don't want to talk too much about profitability on, on this, but we've got profit already on the front end. In other words, every dollar we bring in based upon the market pricing of everything right now, we can drop in the middle of the marketplace and right. have a substantial profit margin. And what, what makes, well, what so makes it that you want to buy? Yeah. Profitability without, without labor, if you will. If without right. me having Profitability, but it's also the ability to reinvest, to grow. So that's, my other thing was going to say, here's what I think why it's the ideal business. So subscription-based business model, so recurring revenue, yep. profitability, scalability is what I consider to be really huge. It's scalable. You talked about us being a $5 billion business with growth of 3%. The vegan market is a fraction of that. Um, that the scalability is really important. Not everybody's business is scalable. This is a scalable. And why is it so scalable? Because again, you're outsourcing the fulfillment. You don't have to go buy another building and buy another facility, right? So your scalability is incremental and infinite at the same time. Yeah, right. so at, at uh, 500, we, I mean, our, our business model is we're going to acquire 500 customers a month, 500 dogs a month. We have a, we have a plan to do that. Now, we can do better, but why is it, this is how you scale the business. If we re And our projections are at 40% retention. 
By the time we cross month 36, we're over $8 million in sales. Right. That's right. scalability. Most people can't go zero, from zero to 8 million in three years without tremendous growing pains. I've eliminated all the growing pains by outsourcing the logistics. By outsourcing the logistics and everything, which then this goes back to why is it so scalable? Because you're focused on the number one important factor, which is the attracting factor. Who's your target market? Uh, well, how do we going to educate and motivate them? What's our irresistible offer, right? Because all those people that went through the funnel refer people and we uh, come back up. We also get new advertisements. I'm sure you'll run some sort of marketing campaign, whether it be Facebook or direct mail or all of the above the channels that attract, right? Well, so we can like, pause there for a minute if you want to talk about marketing. So somebody asked me the other day, how will I know your dog food? I said, do you have a dog? And they said, yes. And I said, do you look for stuff online that for your dog? And they said, yes. I said, you don't we'll have know. to worry. We'll find you. <laughs> you don't have to worry. All you have to do is search for anything. If you're in the United States of America and you search for anything dog related, you're going to see our ads um, because we're, we, we understand that. But I think there's one more thing, Matt, in the scalability. I had to look at the problems of the market first. The biggest problem in the pet food market for the big companies, even smaller companies, has been product recalls. And they've all been meat-based, E. coli. We don't have that issue because we've got an FDA facility, uh -huh. FDA facility, right. meaning it, it complies. So our ingredients, um, because they're, they're uh, vegetable-based, we don't have to worry about E. coli and all these other types of things when it comes to product recalls that are meat-based problems. So we've eliminated this, this hindrance to scalability, which slows growth. I mean, you have a recall. I mean, that costs a lot of money. So you do that. We, by going in, in a niche that we're in, we've also eliminated a possibility. I'm not going to say there's no possibility of recall. Sure, You're sure. selling food. There's always possibility of that. But um, at the same time, we've, we've mitigated the possibility of that. This is, this is awesome. So, so I would like to recap and say, all right, so, so mapping out a business strategy. How do you map out a business strategy? You got to come up with uh, the three ways to build a business, attract, deliver, scale, and service, right? You got to find off, a product first. See, so some people, you know, what's your product or service? Um, because the problem you're trying to solve, right? You were saying yeah. you were doing research, you tripped across this. Then you did a little research and then you're like, oh my God. Giant industry, giant industry, not the biggest. I mean, there's a lot of bigger industries. Electrical industry I was in, you know, it's multi-trillion dollar industry. Yeah, as but it's a product or service that solves a problem, right? The problem is bad dog food. The value added is people want to love and care for their, uh, their pets, right? They don't know how to do it. They didn't know they weren't doing a good job to begin with. They thought they were doing a good job, right? So it's, yeah. that leads into the attraction where we get into our, what's our unique, our message that gets into the who's our target market gets into the educating motivating them we're going to educate and motivate them on why normal bad dog food is bad this dog food is better how this protein is better and goes through the body better and converts to energy and you can eat less so they don't have to be overweight and consumption and we go right through the delivery and how are we going to deliver it we're not going to manufacture it we're not going to cook it we're not going to bake it we're just going to do the fulfillment center because that's not my expertise. Let's just, I, you are an expert at import export from your lighting business. So that's why you know about fulfillment centers is because you've done the import export stuff before. Yeah. Right. And then we get into the service and scale and the wow experience. You talk about a subscription based business. And we talked about Chotsky's and getting to know the customer and getting them to repeat buy, which then leads to what I call orchestrating referrals. 
then all this leads to what we call the exit strategy, which is building the business to sell it. Even if you don't plan to sell it, everything is built for sale. And then we say, here's the ideal business. Why? Because recurring revenue, subscription-based, because of profitability and because of scalability. And it's scalable because of the market itself, but also the way you're building the business. We don't have to build a whole new facility to, to cook it, to bake it, to ship it. We just we just hire more fulfillment centers, right? You know, and, and hearing you say it gets me excited. <laughs> I know, I know. When you start piecing it together, this is what building a business strategy looks like, right? And and whether it's from scratch, like we're starting here, or whether it's from somebody who who's already has a business. And this gets into like this is what you and I do with our with our mastermind group. This is what we would do. I'm bringing it back full circle. This is what you and I do with our mastermind group. We would talk about those aspects of your business and the attract, deliver, and scale and service. And when you'd have that with uh, 10 other individuals and their business, how to attract scale and service, and maybe there's some cross-pollination that happens. Maybe there's some joint venture opportunities that happens. But these are the topics and the subjects and the, the actual path, right? We, this is what we do. We create business strategy for your business to make more money so you can build it to sell it. So then you can have more profits. So then you can make more money. And oh, by the way, we also know a little bit about taxes. So you, how you can take more time off and pay less in taxes, right? But yeah, that's what the mastermind group is. The, in, in the mastermind, what, one of the things, it, you know, there's the old saying that opportunity, opportunity only call, comes along once in a lifetime. That's bogus. Opportunities happen <laughs> all the time. And in business, they come at you fast. Now, you, you'll turn away, the longer you're in business, you'll turn away more opportunities. But if you're in our mastermind group and you run into an opportunity and you're, and you're like, I think I want to do this, there's nothing better. And, and I have to say, I've bounced a lot of this off you before I even went in and talked to some other uh, people that I really respect. And this came together because of what I would call a mastermind. You know, and yep. you were part of my thinking into this going, hey, Matt, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, and then the more we talked about it, the more sense it made. That's why a mastermind is critical because you have thoughts in your head, but sometimes you need to have a, a group around you that says, hey, what improves about your decision-making, right? It improves your decision-making by bouncing these ideas off of other people who've been there and done that. Yeah, that's a great point, Dave. That's really good. So, I mean, that's the decisions that uh, when you have to make a decision, it's always nice to have five or eight people that'll help you, maybe even 10 people that'll help you make that decision. It does, they won't make the decision for you. Ultimately, ultimately, it's your decision, but you'll sure feel a lot better when you go, man, I feel good about this decision. I got, I got seven people who, who told me all the, all the pitfalls, pitfalls I didn't even see. And then when I, when I started lining up how to overcome those pitfalls, I'm like, wow, this is a great opportunity. That's what a mastermind does. It's not eight people are going to agree with you. No, I mean, but, but, but the point also is I love it. You and I have this business is a system. It's a system you can learn. You can run your business through the attract, deliver, and scale model no matter what, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's what you kind of ran it through. To, is this a viable prospect? How can I improve it by running it through the model? And then having the mastermind group as having the other experts who have done that in their industries actually helps them think about their own, as I sit here and talk to you in my own little uh, avail uh, uh, businesses. Um, that's the advantage of it. So mastermind, if you're interested in our mastermind, uh, send an email to matt at profitabilitymd.com, dave profit at profitabilitymd.com. We're, we're opening applications now. We're going to open something up in the next month or so with a new group of about 10 guys, guys and gals, I should say 10 business owners who want to grow their business, scale their business. 
They want to make more. They want to work less. They want to um, enjoy the fruits of their labor, take more time off, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, so this was good. And this is the kind of stuff we do in the mastermind. You know, here's a business strategy. Business is a system. We can teach you. We can walk you through. You get the knowledge of, of the knowledge base of, of giving you clarity and confidence on making your decisions by, by bouncing these ideas off the mastermind group. Um, so Profitability MD, we're, we're on, that's our podcast. Profitability MD is our YouTube channel. We got the profitabilitymd.com is the website, right? And then uh, where else can we find Dave Mulvaney? Probably the easiest place would be davidmulvaney.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's another spot, Twitter. Um, and now uh, the new one is, uh, what is it called? Parker. Uh, there's a new uh, social media that doesn't do sense. Oh. So, oh, I'm not familiar with that one yet. I have to learn, get that. All right. Parlor. Parlor is what Parler. it's called. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to check that out. And so you can I'm actually probably still get your name if you, if you, if, I'm David Mulvaney on Parlor, so you can connect with me. All right, we'll have to check that out. And you can find me at 10xprofitblueprint.com. That's my coaching website and Matt Hudgens over at linkedin.com. But really easiest is just us, ProfitabilityMD. Go over there, find us, uh, fill out an application about applying for the mastermind group. Uh, this is the kind of stuff you look through. Dave's going to have a hugely successful business because he did the work beforehand and because he's building it to sell it, whether he sells it or not. He's already done yeah, it. I didn't get hung up in operations. I think that's, a, that's an area where a lot of people get hung up. That's where they, they, they spend all their time in operations instead of focusing on those three main ingredients of a successful business. Track, deliver, scale, and service. That's it. All right, man. Yeah. This was good stuff. I love running through it. We'll have to go through some of your uh, uh, marketing and lead magnets and education and motivating, you know, in next, future episodes. Next two weeks. We're going to launch July 24th. So, okay. uh, yeah, um, there'll be a lot coming up in the, in the next few weeks. All right, man. Be good. Take care. All right.